0: Everybody, as we continue the series closer, uh, more on that in just a moment. Um, but by now, I'm sure you've heard our update that we plan to regather as a church on September 6th. And I want you to go to this website, slash regather, for all of the information of how we plan to keep you and your family safe. Uh, but also, two weeks before September 6th, so next Sunday. Um, you'll have the opportunity to make a reservation. We really need you to help us with this. Uh, we wanna make sure that we don't go over capacity and that we just have enough people watching over your kids and our students. And so um, you being able to make your reservation for us will be so, so helpful. And as I said in our update, of course things are gonna be a little bit different, uh, but thank you in advance for being flexible, for um, working with us as we regather together as a church on September 6th. And it's a great weekend, starting a brand new series, You Asked For It. I mean, I can't wait um, to be with you, and I can't wait for you to invite your friends um, to make this regathering really special. And as we prepare for the fall, another thing that we're really excited about is our groups. Our groups are back at Trinity, and I want you to go to this website, groups. And group leaders, if you're planning on hosting a group for the fall semester, um, I need you to go and host your group or make let us know about that so we can invite you to our training, which is tonight, and, and give you all the details. And if you're looking for a group, by next week, all of our groups will be registered And you can find a group that works for you. Now, uh, we're not going to have any groups that meet on campus for the fall, just for cleaning and all the extra details that go into this. We're just reopening our campus for the fall for weekend services and youth group. Um, But if you're planning on hosting a group, Zoom, or you're going to get together in your backyards or whatever the case is, let us know, um, because we're going to encourage every person that's a part of Trinity Church to get in a group. Hey, get in a group, get in a group. Get in a group. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic fall season. Um, if you haven't already, download our new app. Um, get the sermon notes out, and we're gonna dive right into week three of the series, Closer, where we're studying worship for the month of August. We're kind of pressing reset a little bit on our spiritual life after a busy summer, and we're pressing reset. And our desire is to get closer to God because the truth is, when we draw closer to Him, He draws closer. To us, and as we have been studying worship, and if you've missed any um, week in the series, I'd encourage you to go online and, and catch up. But here's kind of like what, what we're talking about: is that we all worship something. We all worship something. So even if you're not a believer, this is your first time ever checking out church online. Like we all worship something, and here's how we've defined it: is worship is our response to the things that we value the most. It's our response to the things that we value the most. So when you worship something, uh, we leave a trail. Uh, our time, our energy, our devotion, our money. Somebody has, asked, you know, has told me, Just look at your schedule, look at your checkbook. The thing that shows up over and over and over again, that's the thing you probably worship. So we could be your car. It could be your house. It could be a, a relationship, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. It could be a sports team. None of those things are bad. That it's not bad. But if that's what gets all of our devotion, and all of our attention, that God has a problem with that because God wants to be number. Number 1 no other gods before me. So again, God doesn't mind that we have hobbies, that we love to fish. He doesn't mind that we have boyfriends and girlfriends <laughs> unless you're married, like he has a big problem with that, but he doesn't mind that we have other things. He just wants to be number number 1. That was week 1. Week 2 last week we came with this idea that we were made to worship we actually look, took a deep theological look at the first archangel, Lucifer, who was a created being to be the worship leader of heaven, and because of pride, and because of his desire to be elevated above the Most High, he was kicked out of heaven, and there's this unemployed cherub, and there's this desire for worship still to be happening, so we were made to worship, like We just can't help it. That's why we all worship something, because we're made to worship. And last week, if you missed it, man, I'd encourage you to go take a look at it. And today, we're going to take the next step on this journey of worship. And I really, I'd say, I've been preparing the first two weeks to get to this message. And I think it's going to be really helpful, because I think a lot of us have traditions, um, even how we were raised or even our desire of what we think worship is and we just don't have the correct biblical definition of what God actually actually likes. We're gonna pick up the story. Jesus is gonna help frame the conversation in Luke chapter 19. Um, it, it, to set the story up, this is the week before Easter, the week before the resurrection or the crucifixion and the resurrection. We call this Sunday, Like Palm Sunday. Jesus was so beloved. He was famous that they threw a parade for him when he was coming into Jerusalem. Now, in a parade today, we throw beads. But back then, they would have palm branches. They would wave the palm branches, lay the palm branches on the floor as Jesus would walk by. That's the picture of what's happening. And when Jesus came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives back up into Jerusalem, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully... To praise God in loud voices. Now, you need to know this wasn't normal. This wasn't customary. This would be more of a a spontaneous act of worship, if you will. And they were praising him with loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. And this is what they were praising him. They were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the, also some translations is where we get the word Hosanna, Hosanna. Now, of course, the Pharisees and the religious people of the day, they didn't like it. Well, that's not what we're used to. We're not used to worship like that. So they in the crowd, they said to Jesus, Teacher, like, rebuke your disciples. Like, <laughs> they shouldn't be doing that. That's not normal. That's not part of our liturgy. Like, rebuke your disciples. Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You know what Jesus is saying? I'm not, I'm not going to rebuke them because I like what they're doing. I like this style of praise, I like this style of worship. And I just think, I just think that some of us may have an idea of what worship is because we like it, but have we ever asked the question, and I wonder what kind of worship and what kind of praise God actually likes. So here's the question that we're going to ask, is what is God's style of worship? Of worship that we don't want to exchange our worship for anything else we want God to be number one on the list well God actually has a style he has a a way in which he wants to be worshiped and lucky for us the book of Psalms which is the largest book in your Bible 150 chapters the book of Psalms another way to say that is just songs of worship Gives us a glimpse into how God likes to be worshiped. In fact, there's seven Hebrew words. Your Bible is written in the Old Testament in Hebrew, in the New Testament, it's written in Greek. Well, those languages are very pictorial. And when the translators were translating the language, they just didn't have like an English word for the Hebrew word. And the word Praise. There's actually seven Hebrew words that have so many different meanings. In fact, there's Hebrew language because it's so pictorial. Like sometimes it would take a paragraph to define a single word. So the translators thought, well, this is probably the best way to translate it. And so we would translate it praise. But there's actually so much more meaning. And I want to go. On, I want you to go on this journey with me. I want you to write down seven Hebrew words for praise of what God actually likes, his style of worship, and I think this is going to be really helpful for us. Now again, this may step on our toes. We may not like this. We may not be used to this style of worship, but I'm telling you, this is what God likes. (laughs) This is what he wants. So get your notes out, follow along. Here's the first Hebrew word that we're going to study, and this is the word chalel. Say it with me. Hallel. Yeah, you gotta use like the back of your throat with that one. Hallel. This is where we get the word hallelujah. Yah is, of course, God, and hallel is to rave, to boast, and to celebrate God. And in every Hebrew lexicon, the word hallel, every one of them translates this as to be, ready for this, calamorously Foolish. Now think about that. What God's saying is, "Hey, I I like it when you get a little crazy. (laughs) I like it when you rave and you boast and you celebrate and you even act foolish. For me, I like it when you celebrate." Now, I I just think sometimes that you, when you read the Book of Psalms, especially this word, that a Saturday. Or Sunday afternoon in a football stadium looks a whole lot more uh, like the book of Psalms than Sunday morning during church. At a football stadium, if you rave, if you boast, if you celebrate, if you pump your chest, you act a little crazy, you know what everybody calls you? (laughs) They call you a fan. But on Sunday morning, if you were to do that, be in church, you know what they would call you? They would say, that's a fanatic. That he's she like they're weird. Like we gotta call somebody. No, no. Like, God likes this. He likes it when we celebrate and we act a little crazy for them. Here, here's, here's the scripture. I will thank you in front of the great assembly. In front of everybody. I don't care if people think about me. I will hellel you before all the people. You just need to know that your God likes it when you act a little crazy for him. Here's the second word. Write this in your notes. This is yada, not Yoda, but it's, it's yada, and this means to acknowledge in public. One step further, it's actually to acknowledge in public with your hands lifted high. Now, people ask me all the time. They'll say, uh, Jared, wh- why do you uh, raise your hands in worship? And my simple answer is because God asks us to. He asks us to. He asks us to raise our hands in public, I have three kids. You, you, most of you know that. And my, my littlest one, she's five, and she still like runs into my office or when I come home, she'll still like like, "Daddy's home, Daddy!" Woo! She's so thankful that I'm home. My eight-year-old, like, she don't do that no more. Like, I have to pull it out of her. I come home, and she's like, hey, Dad, what's up? She gives me the thumbs up, and I'm like, no, no, like, I'm home, like, don't you, aren't you thankful yet? See, there's a purpose for why God, like, he wants us to meet him with full abandon, like, you're here, woo, I'm so excited that you're with us. It's this idea, I'm going to acknowledge you in public that you're my God. Here's the scripture. I will praise you, O Lord. I will yada you, O Lord, with all of my heart, with everything that I am. Here's the next Hebrew word. Write this in your notes. This is the word barak. And yes, it's the same word as our previous president, barak. And this means to bless by kneeling or bowing. Now, isn't it interesting that the same word that we have in our English Bible, like translated praise, can be both this idea of clamorously foolish and this idea of to bless by kneeling and bowing. This idea of God, I'm here in your presence, and Lord, I acknowledge how great you are, and I just I, in reverence. I, I, I I'm so thankful to be here. It, it, it's an incredible picture. It's so beautiful. Here's where it's found in the scriptures: like praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, like all my emotions, everything that I am, I I give it to you, God. All of my inmost being, I will praise your holy name. Oh, it's a beautiful word. Here's the next Hebrew language. This is the word zamar, zamar. And this means making music to God with the strings. And there's one step further here. What this really means is it's not just to like, I'll make this beautiful music, and, and it is, but it's this, like I want you to like, bam, like hit the strings with everything that you have. Like, I want you to like pluck those bad boys. And I think that's just so cool because our God is cool, right? He, like, wham, like make it, make it happen. I want you to make the music to God with everything that you, that you have. Here's the scripture, it says, it's good to, wow, praise the Lord and make music to your name, Oh, most high. I love this verse in Psalm 150. This is the last chapter, kind of like putting a a bow on the whole book of Psalms. And this is where where we get hellel, but it says praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and praise him with the dancing. Now, quick time out. I grew up... um, in a very conservative church, many of you know that, and my dad was the pastor, and the, the, the church was like, was very very proper. Like we, I, I wasn't allowed to play with cards, um, couldn't go to a movie theater like that was you can't go there, and certainly you can't dance. And so I never really understood this. Like dancing's in the Bible, God likes it. Like what do you mean? No, no Christians don't dance. In fact, my youth pastor growing up, he was so much against dancing, he would preach, hey, um, we're against premarital sex because it could lead to dancing. You know what I mean? I mean, we were so far against that. I'm just going to let you know, God likes it. Like, like, do it. Praise him with a timbrel and praise him with the dancing. Like, it's not weird if people want to dance for me. Praise him with the strings and the pipe, and praise him with the clash of cymbals, and praise him with the resounding cymbals. And I know you're thinking, oh, but that's just so, that's just so loud. Listen, listen. If you don't like how loud it is in here, you're not going to like heaven. The Bible says that the praise of heaven is louder than any waterfall on earth, like it's going to be loud. God likes it. Everybody, now, I hope you still love me as your pastor. I just want to. I think this would be helpful, but I don't want us to get caught in our traditions or what we like. It's time that we start worshiping God the way that He likes to be worshipped. Amen, everybody. I know. I know you're with me. Okay. Here, here's the next. Here's the next word. This is Shabbat. Now you need to say it from the back of your throat, like you have. Um, a kernel of popcorn back there, like and this means to address in a in a loud tone, like in a in a shout. Here's here's a scripture. It's because your love is better than life. I love that. Like, it's better than any hobby that I have. It's better than any football team. It's better than any relationship that I could ever have on this earth. God, because your love is better than all of that, my lips will glorify you, and I will shabak you as long as I live, and in your name, I will lift up my hands. God likes it when we shout. Here's the next word. This is the word todah. And this just means to lift up our hands in adoration. Isn't it interesting that two of the Hebrew words for praise have to do with the lifting of our hands? And this is the idea, like where we come in and we just say, "God, I I give it all to you. Like I I I surrender." Which is why I ask you from time to time, like church, come on, just open up your hands. I'm trying to lead you to Toda. It's, It's just a beautiful thing where we let go of everything around us and we say, "God." Jared, I, I, don't, I don't like that. That's not, that's not who I am. God likes it. God likes it. You should do it because God likes it. Here's the scripture. He who offers praise glorifies me. And to him that orders this conversation, aright will I show the salvation of God. Here's the last one and then I'm gonna finish this. This is the word, this is kind of a funny word and you're gonna laugh because it sounds a lot like tequila but it's not, Um, but it's the word tequila. Tequila and this means exuberant singing. God likes it when you go all in. Like you sing from the bottom of your heart. You know, just that you get, mm, he, he likes it. And this is so funny, this word, because look at the, some of you have been waiting for a life verse. Like, I will extol the Lord at all times and his tequila, again, not tequila, but his tequila will always be on my lips. And some of you, you're like, woo, I'm getting that on a t-shirt. Pastor Jared, that's awesome. You need to relax. That's, you know what I'm saying. Like, as good as he's been to you, you need to be singing about that goodness. It should always be on your, on your lips. And as we finish all this, just to kind of put it all together, here's one scripture that has all of, these verse, all of these words together. Psalm 108 says, Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give you praise. Even with the glory, I will praise you. That's that word, yada. The O Lord among the people, and I will sing praises. There's that word, unto thee among people the nations. This is the kind of worship that God wants. And if you understand this principle, that worship is love expressed, meaning that it's not worship unless there's love, and if you don't express it, it's really not worship. For instance, if I was to look at my wife and say, Amanda, just want you to know that I love you, but I'm never going to tell you that again, and I'm never going to express it to you in any way from here on out. Like Amanda wouldn't put up with that. She'd rip my eyeballs out. you' <laughs> like no, of course not. That, we would have a terrible marriage because because of my love for her, of course I'm going to express all that I feel about her. This is the idea. And, I'm a, and I am going to love her the way that she, that she receives love. Uh, the Five Love Languages, written by Gary Chapman over, maybe even three decades ago now. It's an incredible book that I encourage every engaged couple to read, and it's the premise of there's five love languages, and you need to find how your future spouse like, receives love. So Amanda, her love language would be acts of service. Like she just loves when I help around the house, when I do things for her to lighten the load. And she, I mean, she just, and without, without being asked, mind you, like she just loves that. Like it's, man, thank you for vacuuming. And I didn't even have to ask you. And wow, like, thank you. And my love language as a guy is not just physical touch, but like I, I need words of affirmation. <laughs> you know, like I need her to tell me how awesome I am. Like, even if she doesn't think I'm awesome, I still need her to tell me, Jared, you are, <laughs> you are amazing. You are the most incredible person that I, that I know, right? And that's what love does. Because of our love for one another, if we want our relationship to hit on all cylinders, we will express our love to each other the way that we receive love. That is the same as our God. He has told us in the book of Psalms how he likes to receive praise in worship. And I just think sometimes we come under the excuse of, oh, that's not my tradition. That's not my personality. I'm not going to go there because, and we make it all about us. And I'm trying to change our focus that if we really love God because, God did not send Jesus Christ to die on the cross just for a worship service or just for some songs. He sent him to die on the cross so we could be in relationship with him. He loved us, we love him. If there is love, we will express that love back to him the way that he desires for it to be expressed. Worship is love expressed. Let me put a bow on this sermon. Jesus tells, Jesus comes into the middle of a conversation. This is Mark chapter 12. And what's happening, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Jesus was debating religious people. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And by the way, that's a great question to ask. I mean, of all the commandments, he's not just talking about the 10, there's 440 commandments in the Old Testament. And I just picture this this leader coming up to Jesus and saying, I'm worn out. I'm tired. I can't do them all. Like it is impossible for me to, to obey all of these commandments. So instead of 440, like what's the most, what's the most important? And Jesus says the most important one. Now, anytime you ever see something like this in your Bible, I would encourage you to like stop, push pause, don't speed by it and sit here for a while. Okay, Jesus is talking. What is the most important thing that he has to say? This is what he said. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Here's the command. I want you to love the Lord. Because when you have love, guess what? All 439, it's gonna be easier. When there's love, when love is number one, it's not a, oh, I have to do this. When you have love in your heart, it is this idea of I get to do this. It changes everything. Jesus says, I want you to love the Lord your God. So if worship is love expressed, if it's all about a relationship, here's how I want you to do it. I want you to do it with all your heart, I want you to do it with all your soul, with all your mind, and I want you to do it with all your strength. As I close, I want you to write these things in here. I'm gonna just break this down. What, what does Jesus mean by all your heart and your soul? Here's what this means. This is me. I'm gonna express my affection to God. I'm gonna express my affection to God. Like God, you get it all. God, you get everything. You get my heart, you get my emotions. You get it all. I'm going to express how much I love you. Remember, this is relationship. And worship is love expressed. God, I'm gonna express all of my affection to you. So, so here's the question that I want you to ponder. Like, What do I love the most? What do I love the most? And remember, we, we leave a trail on what we worship. Our time, our energy, our focus, our devotion. It's not wrong to have other things. But we are misaligned when God's not at the top. Some of you today, you just need to clear the calendar and clear the schedule, and you need to make sure that God is number one. Here's the second thing that Jesus says. I want you to love me with all of your mind. Like, I want you to love me here. And this this is the point. Like, I want you to focus all of your attention on God. Focus your attention on God. There's just something special that happens every once in a while when Amanda will give me a call and she'll, you know, I'll be in the office working or on my way to a meeting and she'll call and I'll pick up and I'll say, hey babe, what's up? I'm heading into a meeting. And don't judge me because I'm doing that to say, hey, I don't have a lot of time. Like get to the point. <laughs> like I, I gotta go. And, and every once in a while, she'll say, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know your schedule, but I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you today. And I want you to know that that I love you. <laughs> and I, that is the best phone call. Nothing compares to those types of phone calls. Like, oh my goodness, my wife, she not only thinks that I'm awesome because she knows that's how I like to receive love, but man, she's just, she's just thinking about me today. I, I, I just think that God likes the same He loves the same, same exact idea. What would it look like for us to say, hey, God, I'm about to go into this meeting, but I just want you to know, like, I love you. Just thinking about you. Like, thanks for all your goodness. In the morning, when you're pouring that cup of coffee and you're kind of getting your day planned, you just maybe bring your attention to him and say, God, I need your wisdom today. I need your help. I have a couple important meetings. And after those meetings, when it went so well, you close that massive deal, you just get in your car and you just say, thanks, God. God. You involve him, you bring your attention to him. I think that may be what Paul meant when he said to pray without ceasing. Involve God in every detail of your life. Here's the question that I want you to ask is what do I think about the most? Is God even on that list? Worship is love expressed. We're in relationship. We need to love God with all of our Mind all of our focus. Here's the third thing. Write this, in and then I'm done. But Jesus says, "I want you to love me with all your strength." This is the idea to use our abilities for God. This is worship. I'm going to unpack more about this next week. But everything that we do, everything, our work, our relationships with our families—like when we when we bring God into the conversation—guess what? That is. That is worship. It's worship. Everything. So when you understand this, ask your questions, what do I do the most? What do I do the most? Now, some of you are tuning in and you're thinking, pastor, I've never heard anything like this before. And maybe you'd be honest and you would say, man, there's never been a moment when I've actually gone all in. Maybe you've been keeping God at a distance and you're you're comfortable with your faith because it's all about you and what you're used to and maybe even your tradition. But maybe today you sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And you know, like, you need to go all in. Let me just tell you something. Like, you will never experience, like, the best of God until you go all in. It's it's like any relationship that you would ever have. You'll never experience all of that relationship until you decide, this is it, here I go. Same thing for our God. You'll never experience all of the benefits, all the glory, all the joy, until you go all in. So today, some of us, and maybe you're even a Christian, but you've been holding back from God. Right now, in this holy moment, right where you are, Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Come on, right where you are. And maybe just have a moment and just say, God, I'm sorry. Tell them that. Say, I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for holding back from you, for not going all in. Lord, because of your goodness and your kindness, it's leading us to repentance. And we are, we're sorry for making worship all about us, making worship about our tradition, our views, we repent of that today. Lord, we want to worship you the way that you want to be worshiped. And we understand that worship is love expressed, and so our heart today, God, is thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. Thank you for loving us first and loving us best. And our worship is an expression of our gratitude. today, God, we commit as a church to fully worship you, to go all in with everything that we have. With your heads still bowed and your eyes still closed, maybe you're tuning in and you're saying, Pastor, there's never been a moment when I give my life to Jesus. But today, you know you need to. So right where you are, just repeat this prayer after me. Just say this and say, today, God, I am sorry for going my own way. And today I repent, forgive me of my sin. And then just make the declaration and just say, today, God, I receive all that you've done for me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for my sin. And today I make Jesus the Lord of my life. And then say this, I hold nothing back, and I give my life to you. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person praying that prayer. Some are praying this prayer for the very first time. Others, it's a recommitment. Lord, thank you for saving people today. We honor and we worship you with gratitude. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer with me, take a moment and fill out that online connection card that we've talked a little bit about today. And hey, let us know of your decision. Check the box, today I've given my life to Jesus. We want to send you a free gift. As always, it's the hassle-free guarantee. We're not going to come knocking on your door, but we do want to send you a free gift and a clear email with next steps of how you can get connected in the life of our church. Uh, But honestly, like, what do you do with your decision? It's the most important decision you've ever made, and we are thrilled and excited For you, like way to go. And church, before we send you off today, um, it's time um, for the offering. Aren't you grateful for that? Yeah, we worship the Lord through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Um, However, you give online through the app, maybe you're still sending it in the mail. And thank you for your amazing and your incredible generosity. We're so grateful. And let me just say a quick timeout like, because of your generosity, right now we are making improvements for our online church experience. So even when we regather on September 6th, if you're not feeling great, um, you're just not ready to come back, or even if you've been exposed to the virus in any way, um, like it's okay. Like stay home. Um, our online experience is is gonna get better, and, and we're grateful for your amazing generosity. Um, so we can make this. So we can make this happen. All right. Um, as I send you off today, uh, let me pray a quick pr- prayer of blessing over you. Um, and God, I thank you again for the amazing people of Trinity Church. Um, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. Now I pray that we will have the best Sunday afternoon, and the best week we've ever had. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, church, I love you. Keep signing in. I'll see you next weekend. God bless you.